Yeah. <laughs> All right, Sammy, I got my coffee in my hand, and uh, I'm ready to time travel and take us to the land of 1990. Uh, 87, <laughs> buddy. 87. <laughs> hey. Hey, Sammy. I got my coffee in my hand, and I'm ready to take us back. Yep. You were, time. T- you, you, were, you, were, you were so jacked up, so caffeinated that you, <laughs> you leaped forward 10 years. I was. I, I did. So we're going back to 1987 today. To Why? A time. Why are we going back there, dude? Because this is this is when the Fox Network first started. This is when the world had its eyeballs glued to the television sets to watch Alf, mm-hmm. Alien Life Form, one of the best TV shows on primetime, starring a felt puppet. That's subjective. <laughs> I mean, object, and uh, you know, uh, and and uh, darker news. Um, the uh, the British were uh, were rocked by their by a spree killer. Named uh, Michael Robert Ryan, who killed 16 people. So, you know, spree killers. They've been with us forever. And um, if you want to make a hit TV show, felt puppets. Yeah. That's that's the takeaway I've, I've gotten from 1987. What else were people doing in 1987, Gabe? They were playing with uh, koosh balls. I don't even know what a koosh ball is. Oh, you do, but you don't know you know. There I were don't... those weird rubber balls with like, the tassels attached to them. Okay, so they're like stress balls. Kind of. Like those Chinese medicine balls that people um, circulate it, in their hands. It was. It had just a bunch of like loose, frilly tassels, and uh, it was made of rubber. I mean, you've played with one. So some uh, petrol company was like, what What are the byproducts that we're spewing out that we don't want to pour directly into the Gulf of Mexico? Yeah, it's like happy fun ball. <laughs> how, can we, how can we take some of this, uh, some of this byproduct and, and turn it into a lovable toy for uh, children and childlike adults? And get more use out of the Dye Red 40. <laughs> um, That's like Gak or any of those like, slimes yeah, yeah. that uh, they give to little Creepy kids. Creepy crawlies. I'm like, dude, these are all uh, byproducts of the atomic age and like just us using plastics all the time. Let's give these toxic little pieces of slime to kids to chew on. It's true. Uh, Nintendo had just rocked the entire landscape of, uh, of gaming. For, for for kids of all ages. That's right. I remember my what. This was a little bit after uh, Robbie the Robot, though. Eighty seven. Uh, Nintendo was like eighty five when it came. Well, out. I think it had hit uh, its sort of peak at yeah. that point. Right. Uh, eighty seven was Zelda came out. We talked about that a little bit before. That That's changed right. everything and, for uh, kids. If never... you if you got depressed because you couldn't find Ganon and uh, link up your Triforces, uh, Prozac was on the market. So this That's was right. the first year that they were dropping that uh, Fluxetine mm-hmm. for everybody to treat depression, panic attacks, obsessive compulsive disorder, and uh, some eating disorders like bulimia. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. This is our Thanksgiving episode. It's one of our favorite uh, Thanksgiving holiday films in general, for me at least. Uh huh. That's right. Uh, this is we're going to be covering um, the great planes, trains, and automobiles and, today. And to wrap up uh, culturally, what what was going on in '87? Just so we can give you guys an overview. Anyone who wasn't born, uh, you know, during that time period, or wasn't alive, or you know, Sammy, I was listening to two songs and two songs only in 1987. Okay. Phil Collins in Too Deep and White Snakes. Here I Go Again. Because I was constantly get going too deep. And, uh, and, then and then going was, again. And then I was kicking myself because I was like, oh, I've done it again. Gotcha. Almost like a whoops, I've done it again. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, yeah, I do. 
Um, right. Maybe that song came out a little bit later. But, uh, uh, yeah, a couple, uh, ten years later, yeah. roughly. Um, people were also listening to Michael Jackson. It was the height of pop stardom. Michael Jackson, Whitney, Madonna, U2 was the biggest band on the planet. Joshua Tree, people loved it. Debbie Gibson and Tiffany were mall beefing. Oh, yeah. Uh, yo, I'll see you in front of the Panda Express, Debbie. Right. Ba- Gabe loves Panda Express. That's my favorite spot in the mall, aside from Sunglasses Hut. I used to work at a Sunglass Hut when I was 18. Really? Yeah, after my freshman year. Um, people in the theaters were watching films like Moonstruck, Predator, Full Metal Jacket, Evil Dead 2. Um, on television, The Cosby Show, <laughs> um, uh, Moonlighting, and uh, and an irreverent uh, working class zero named Al Bundy warmed the hearts of many. Yeah, many, many. I, I brought it up earlier, but it's uh, this is very important uh, the significance of Fox yeah. Network coming out that year because we think of Fox today as sort of like all right wing propaganda just spewing out with Fox News, but they started with the carrot before they gave us the Absolutely. Stick. They were cutting edge and not exactly family-friendly uh, viewing. Yeah. And the Simpsons, the... Tracy Ullman, Married with Children, that was like their slot. That, that was their lineup that sort of got them to where they where they Where they are grow, today. Where they and, are today, yeah, absolutely. Uh, 21 Jump Street was also a Fox That's show. That's right. Uh, so was a, another show. They had a show called... Um, Women behind, I think it was called Women Behind Bars, right. which is a precursor for Orange is the New Black. It was a sitcom that took place. It wasn't Caged Heat? <laughs> no, no, but, okay. you know, it was definitely a G-rated version of that. Right. Like the concept that you could have a sitcom that takes place in a prison uh, and have it be, like, lovable and friendly. And, I mean, it didn't last. but Obviously. Uh, but they had one season of that show. And then, then let's not forget, soon after, Cops... Yes. Just exposing uh, police police yeah, brutality. Yeah, on, on poor white people. Cops is the most fascist show. <laughs> sure. That's actually, I mean, sure. I Yeah. I mean, well, uh, the, the, the update for that for 2019, which I'm not excited to see, but I'm sure someone will pitch, is uh, Ice. Yeah. The show. That's a very good, that's probably coming up soon. Yeah. So if you ever want to hear um, a lot of uh, male-heavy panting, and not have to watch pornography. Just throw on an episode <laughs> of Cops. You'll get the same feeling. Yeah, that's right. It's kind of like the, the hillbilly Olympics, Cops. Yeah, just watching people. Uh, it's like run. out of shape, out of shape chubs uh, chasing meth heads, and yeah. it's a it's at a weirdly even battle somehow. Uh, and uh, also uh, that uh, I think Cops was my introduction to reggae music with its opening. Uh, the uh, bad boys, bad boys. Yeah, what band what is you that? Gonna do? Well, uh, we will find out now. Bad boys, bad boys. Brought to us by Inner Circle. Inner Circle, right? So Spotify, those guys, those bad boys. And uh, I'm probably gonna do that after this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just have a Inner Circle day. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great day for you. Ronald Reagan was telling uh, Gorbachev to tear down the wall. Yep. Tear it down. Tear it down. We've, yeah, we... We uh, we probably talked about that before. We, we did. We could not. Um, we had to. Well, but, uh, so it was, it was a big year. I mean, this was a banner year for movies, and um, this was a, a banner year for something. for uh, John Hughes, you know? he's He is at the height of his powers right. in 1987. And he put out Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which is the – we're covering this today because it is a Thanksgiving 
themed classic. Oh, yep. I saw this one in the theater. Oh, and let's let's, let's stick on John Hughes for a second. Uh, this was kind of a departure for him because he was commonly referred to or known as the sort of the bard of teen angst films, you know, with uh, 16 Candles, Pretty in Pink, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, this is uh, a different different story from him. Yeah, people love... A odd love, couple tra- uh, a road trip film. Uh, yeah, people, people love... Two middle-aged men. Uh, John Hughes and his family-friendly movies, and uh, this is, while watching this, I forgot that he had also directed Vacation, because this made me think about the movie Vacation. He did National Lampoon's Vacation. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, so many good films that he's done. And then I was like, where have I seen John Candy play a character like this before? And it's in Home Alone. He plays a character that uh, tries to get Catherine O'Hare back to... Oh, the, um, the polka band. Yeah, he was in the polka band. Yeah, that's right. We were on the road. And so that reminded me of, uh, of uh, this movie as well. And then... Home Alone was 90, though, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. And Ferris Bueller's Day Off is what you brought up but uh i also i see i didn't know who directed this before i saw it like this was the first time i've ever seen this movie um this is your first way through really yeah it's like been on in the background but you know while i'm walking through the living room gotcha but i'd never sat down to watch uh planes trains and automobiles i wasn't a huge um i don't know john candy steve martin fan sure and uh, and so to see it this time, I was like, oh, look look at that. Uh, ben Stein's in it. Oh, look at that. It's like the secretary from um, uh, Edie McClure, the secretary from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It was also in Ferris Day Off. Yeah, so I saw this cast of characters, and they all seemed familiar because I'd seen them before in other John Hughes movies. Yeah. He's done a great job of sort of like keeping the same uh, crew and uh, cast uh, together. I mean, all of them were in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Uh, so was the his his uh, uh, Dale uh, Neil Neil uh, Neil Page's character. So we'll call him Steve Martin just to just to make it easier for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, his office buddy, the guy that he's initially talking to, who tells him he'll never make the six o'clock flight, was that, Ferris Bueller's dad. That's right. Yep. Yeah. So we got a uh, yeah. I'm so surprised that you haven't uh, seen this all the way through before. I mean, this movie holds a special place for me. Me and my my mom played hooky from work during the Thanksgiving season. I think. And my dad was doing whatever, working. Me and my mom went and saw this in the theater. Wow. Great, great experience. Loved yeah. it. Yeah, so this was this is one of those moments that's etched into your mind. Absolutely. Seeing uh, my mom laugh is the best. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, mother's, mother-son uh, bonding yeah. experience. Over an adult uh, male comedy. Super important. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's get into, like, John Candy. He's in this. He plays Del Griffith. Yep. Um, and I have always... I liked uh, John Candy from uh, Spaceballs. That's what I remember him from. Sure. That's Barf. He's his own best friend. And uh, also is the... <laughs> what He's the security guard in uh, Vacation at Wally World. And um, he was... I guess he was also in Blues Brothers. I don't remember him in that because it's been a while since I've seen it. But uh, I also remember that... He was he a cop, was, I think. He was an SC... Yeah, he was a parole officer yeah. in that. And he was an, on SCTV, yep. which was the funnier version of Saturday Night Live that no, no one's seen because yeah. it was uh, made in Canada. Well, Canadians have seen it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, SCTV, I think I think a lot of their the old um, programming holds up better than Saturday Night Live because they didn't have the um, conceit that they were uh, filming it live. Yeah. So everybody actually got to act a little bit better, and the effects are a little bit more like TV friendly. I mean a lot of America's beloved comedic actors are actually Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, how about that? They're we like a nice a, hybrid between the British and the U.S. Co- like comedy sensibilities. If we want to really just fit in that little nook, they uh, they've got that mid middle American whiteness thing going on. Yeah, when the Great White North. Yeah, yeah, but they uh, and they're I a think, little closer to their European roots than a lot of Americans are. Sure, sure, sure. Specifically, French. Uh huh. Fran- oh yeah, yeah. Montreal. Mm-hmm. They're separatists up there. They want to have their own. <laughs> Independent, right. independent city that speaks French, like the North American Basques. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, if we want to really develop the American comedy scene, we should build a wall up there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't let them in. Yeah, send six thousand troops that way. So many uh, great Canadians have become uh, uh, staples of American pop culture. Almost comedy. too many to, ma- to name. Way too many. Well, uh, so John Candy is one of those yes. immigrants who came here. To make his way in the an world immigrant. today. And unfortunately, uh, he passed away uh, at the age of 43 from a heart attack in Durango, Mexico after a lasagna dinner. That's that's so much younger than I thought he was in general. Because he always seemed, I was so young when his movies were out that he always seemed like a, you know, I'm obviously a larger than life, no pun intended, but just an older guy to me. I thought he was probably in his 50s when he passed, but he was still young, 43. Yeah, yeah, and he passed away in That's the mid, close. Not, like I think it was ninety four. Yeah, but uh, in the eighties, he was uh, secretly Hollywood's rough on its plus size comedians. Man, They're, they don't have a great track record. Farley, Belushi, Candy. Yeah, and they all go out for the same roles, and then when they pass away, the movies that they auditioned for uh, get a curse. They don't make. Yeah, they stop making them, right? Because they're like, well, every time we audition an actor for this film, they die, and it's like, well, it's not because you auditioned them that they die; it's because they were corpulent, and they were yeah. They, they had, had big heart. They had big hearts, and they, some and of them didn't bodies. have the most flattering lifestyles. That's right, most healthy lifestyles. But no one said anything bad about John Candy's lifestyle necessarily. No, that's true. Uh, I also remember him from Camp Candy, which was uh, an animated show. That oh he wow! Did where he became a summer camp counselor, nineteen eighty nine. It was a Saturday morning cartoon. Wasn't he also in uh, the uh, Howie Mandel cartoon? Oh, uh, Bobby's World? Yeah. That's possible. Uh, but Howie Mandel also made a great cartoon, Bobby's World. Great right. with the voices. Howie Mandel did uh, the voice of Gizmo in Gremlins. He did. And then, uh, so John Candy's in this playing Del Griffith, and then Steve Martin is uh, is the other star uh, who I did not know. Like I said, I hadn't seen this movie the whole way through before, but I knew Steve Martin from uh, Three Amigos L.A. Story, uh, Father of the Bride, Little Shop of Horrors. Father of the Bride was the first movie I ever. I, I, that was my first date ever. Was was we went and saw Father of the Bride. Wow, just clammy hands. I picked some real dumb wedding. first date movies, man. Um, <laughs> I guess it's seventh. It's the seventh grade. You don't know. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Did you pay, or did you? You um, guys go Dutch? I don't. I honestly don't remember. I hope. I hope. I. I hope she paid. Was she, did she have braces? She did not. Yeah. Was no. she in seventh grade or was she older? She was in... Like 12th grade? She was, she was 33. <laughs> she, was, she was my gym teacher. Back then it was acceptable. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It was a different era. Yeah. No selfies. None. Yeah. Zero. No, no, yeah. There was no paper trail. No text messages. Nope. Nothing. nothing. Just house phone calls. That's Call it. waiting. Yeah. <laughs> Three-way line. Um, 
All right, let's get into a, a little bit of planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah, well, uh, so uh, the plot is super, super simple. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, it's it's all about a Thanksgiving, trying to get back home for Thanksgiving, and Steve Martin plays an advertising executive who foolishly decides to leave. Uh, I think on a six p.m. flight on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving to get back to Chicago from Midtown Manhattan That's at like right. four p.m. And uh, everything goes wrong. There's like a there's a storm, and uh, there's traffic jams, and then he, they try to get in a train, and then there's a train breaks down, and then they try to rent a car, and the car it spontaneously combusts. Um, but on his travels, he comes uh, he uh, Steve Martin's character's name is Neil in this, but we'll call him Steve Martin for the rest of this. And John Candy's character, Del Griffith. He is a lovable um, shower ring salesman. Shower curtain ring. <laughs> and he uh, and and these two uh, opposites are sort of um, pushed together by circumstances, and they both have to get back to Chicago. So they they cast their lots uh, together to to get um, from one side of the country to the other, and it's uh, hilarity ensues. This is the I feel like this is one of those movies uh, that you could boil down to. It can't get any worse, can it? It's like the comedy version of the Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> yeah, uh, and um, yeah. I, so there are things that I really liked about it. One. One thing I, I it made me think a lot about was how difficult it is to get in and out of New York City. At 4 p.m. is a, a nightmare. Uh, to get a yellow cab. This is pre-Uber. Yes. Once you live in New York City, if you don't live here and you want to visit, realize that it's almost just getting to um, from the airport or from the train station to wherever your final destination in the city is is kind of like when uh, – when a spaceship is trying to re-enter Earth's atmosphere, just like the the pressure and the heat and the uh, inhospitable environment is just the atmosphere is just cooking you on your way in. Like every time I go, I come back here from DC, you know, uh, and I get off the the bus is fine until we get to the tunnel in Jersey. Oh, it's a, yeah, that's when everything becomes terrible. And then it's a fifty minute to an hour wait. Yep. To, to travel one mile and then you get off the bus they just kick you off the bus and then like 10 vagrants accost you for uh money as you're and you got you grab your bag and then you try to get on the subway and the the smell of the pee hits you right away you're like this entire subway platform has been basted in like four day old urine I remember when my sister was thinking about moving here and you know, she's been to New York several times she grew up not far away right um but we're hanging out, and she's like, this is so awesome. Like, your neighborhood's the best. I love this place. I'm like, yeah, cool. Took her, <laughs> took her on the train at 5 p.m. on a weekday, and I was like, this is a, also a, a bigger part of what your life is going to be. So this is something to think about, you know, coming from, like, Providence, Rhode Island to, to here. That's like, right. You, you, like, this is real. This is every day. And, you're, and if you need to get out of New York City, again, it's the same issue. Oh, yeah, That's make like... all the great time you want coming in and out of the city. Once you get to that tunnel, you're fucked. You'll sit there for an hour. Minimal. Yeah, and you're like, oh, what's the only flight I can get out of here is in Newark. I gotta go to New. I gotta take a bus and a train to to Newark, New Jersey, yep. to catch a flight to go to anywhere else in the country. Anywhere. And you know what? I have opted to stay home, other than go go to Newark and fly out. Yeah. 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 A couple of trips have been 
So New York definitely is, postponed. It, New York is one. It's it, there's a soft. Uh, there, it, once you're in, it's nice and soft, but there's this uh, sort of impermeable, spiky oyster shell that's keeping you from the delicious meat on the inside from the oyster. You know, and you gotta, you just gotta deal with that. It's a city. Every time I leave here and I go on vacation, uh, my worry lines go away. Uh, I get a tan. I, I feel good. And then it, it's this city's like. It's like this city's like a person that on a first date will choke you uh, 25 minutes into the date and then and then be like spit in my mouth. Like it's, you know, <laughs> there's no <laughs> – it goes from zero to 150. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. And, and uh, uh, traveling for Thanksgiving. Had, you know, doesn't it feel absurd? Uh, Penn Station sure does. It's the – it's the shortest vacation that you can have, yeah. and yet we are all uh, told that this is compulsory family time. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I think. I think the fact that it is that short is why every everyone's so worked up and everyone's just so fucking concentrated in, in the little little areas. I mean, Penn Station on Thanksgiving Day is the worst. I would fly out a week prior and lose money. Just, just to not have to be there. You know how people say like Valentine's Day is the holiday. Uh, it's, uh, Hallmark invented it. You know Thanksgiving. Well, no, they say that about Valentine's. Oh, you said Day. about Valentine's Day, yeah. But yeah. I feel like the same goes for uh, Thanksgiving. Just seems like a holiday that's been fabricated by the airline companies to yeah, make and, as much and money NFL as possible. Yeah, and NFL football. <laughs> Absolutely. Just yeah. sit, stuff your fat ass, and fucking watch football. I want to see uh, pretend uh, to like your drunk family. <laughs> A sequel to that's the... not cynical. <laughs> I want to see a sequel to the Inconvenient Truth, uh, where they where they talk about how how many polar ice caps are specifically melted by the uh, carbon emissions that are let out uh, during the Thanksgiving commute. So you think that the Thanksgiving mascot should be like a super skinny polar bear drowning? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> just eating a skinnier seal. They're both eating each other. <laughs> yes, that's. Um... Anyway, that's that's uh, my thoughts on traveling uh, on Thanksgiving. Yeah, is you're, this, not, you're uh, not alone, Gabe. What do you think? Is this one of your favorite holiday movies? This could. This is actually my favorite holiday movie. I mean, I like you know, this one and, and Christmas Story are probably the top two holiday movies that pop into my head. Yeah, and they're you know, I guess extremely mainstream and cliched films at this point. But I mean, Christmas Story is great because it just gives you a warm feeling. It's just like a good funny movie. I mean, anything that has comedy in it is going to be my favorite. But, I mean, Planes, Trains, to me, because of the way, the way I saw it, when I saw it, and just my like for comedy writing, uh, I think this movie had so many good one-liners that it was just an awesome, fun movie to watch. With a little bit of heart at the end. Yeah, a little bit of heart. John Hughes has to heart. slip it he in does. there. He does. He puts it in there. Uh, this. Uh, it, I was just thinking holiday movies, and it's like... Well, John Hughes makes very his movies are very um, mayo. Is one hundred percent mayo. I think he's like directly responsible for the uh, pricing boom in the Chicago suburbs. I feel like he uses the same house in every movie, and everyone wants to live in that neighborhood in Christmas time. Yes, yes. Forgetting that it's four degrees outside. uh, I feel like we we could we could remake this movie with uh, in um, America's new multicultural. Environment because Thanksgiving is kind of a secular holiday, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I'd love I'd love to see uh, a true odd couple where like the John Candy character um, is is uh, it, it practices Islam 
and has to pray like five times a day and just really irritates uh, Steve Martin's character. I was also thinking when we were talking about holiday movies, it's like, well, is there like a good Ramadan holiday movie? You know? Probably somewhere in the Middle East. I'm waiting. I, I need to see that. Mm-hmm. But I want to see the American version. Just like one that takes place in our cultural milieu. You know, to really like broaden the definition of what it means to be American. I know that there's like the Hanukkah movie, which I haven't seen yet. That's uh, Adam Adam Sandler made made being Jewish like the most like with the Hanukkah song. Yeah, like, right. It became a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know, I want I want to see everybody in the U.S. Uh, I'd like to see a movie with everybody represented uh, celebrating Thanksgiving. Right. That's all. I'd well, like to I mean, see that I, remake. I guess you've just figured out your new writing project. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the the wokest remake of yeah. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Um, yeah, this movie's got a bunch of really great cameos in it, too. Yep. I wonder how much Kevin Bacon got paid for his cab-stealing cameo. Yeah, Because he was kind of big then. Footloose had come out. Yeah, pre-Uber cab competitions. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he'd already done, Kevin Bacon had already done, uh, what is it, the second Friday the 13th? Oh, is he in that? Yeah, he's in one of them. He's in part one yeah. or part two. Sure. And, um... You see, you brought up Footloose. Footloose. Uh, but he's he. Yeah, I didn't expect that, to see him in this, and that was a, that was a big surprise. I was yeah. like, "Oh, it's my man from Tremors." And he was in Quicksilver too, the bike racing movie. I feel like that was sure. Him too. Sure, that was right around the same time. Anyway, that, he was he was doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, he he fits the aesthetic for yep. a John Hughes movie. Uh, there's like yuppie lawyers in this. This was an '80s trope for me: lawyer jokes. Yeah. Everyone thought it was funny to make fun of lawyers. And it is funny. But I feel like the 80s was the uh, was that when heyday for lawyer jokes in films and TV. I, I think there was an acceleration in how litigious our culture got oh, yeah. in the 80s. Overly litigious. Yes. And uh, the lawyers sort of be, being the parasites on society, making everything worse. I think with the, the height of divorces as well, people really started to hate lawyers because yeah. that, that's when you can get your grimiest. Yeah. So all these boomers are like falling out of love in yeah. the 80s, going through their midlife crises, crises, and they all need lawyers. And so we're seeing that reflected in the uh, pop culture of the time. Um, and, but there's that lawyer at the beginning uh, who like up upsells. Up- yeah, what a f- just fucking scumbag. Well, yeah. any man that would pay 50 for a cab on a whatever, blah, 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 would gladly pay 75 Steve Martin's just a vanilla fucking... <laughs> he is spineless. Spineless. But he uh, <laughs> he's one of the most unlikable characters I've seen in a movie in a while. Steve Martin is? Steve Martin's character is very... Steve Martin, the actor, is super funny and, uh, like... You can't take your eyes off him. I thought it was surprisingly well acted, but... Moving around, but he is unlikable. Well, okay, so I found... The things I found unlikable were that he was an ad executive. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. um, I know where you're going. Yeah, he's just a... He uh, is terrible um, when it comes to, like, treating people in customer service. Uh, He's very demanding, and he is uh, not grateful or thankful. No, and he's and he's uh, taciturn. He keep he's quiet and a bit of an absentee father. Yes, and a workaholic. Right. Who the fuck commutes from Chicago to New York for work? Do, why, why would you do that to yourself? 
I think why I, move to Chicago? <laughs> like, why move to a massive city with lots lots of stuff going on? Yeah, why not move to Yonkers? Like he could live in Yonkers, you know. He could live he, in Westchester. Yeah, Scarsdale. The great says John Hughes would not allow it. That's why. Right, we've got to go back to Chicago right. for this. It's all about Chicago. It would have made a much much uh, more boring movie if he had <laughs> to commute from Midtown. <laughs> No. <laughs> to what? To, to, to yeah. I would have loved that. Or that, Farmingdale, Long Island. That would have been like the Thanksgiving version of the Warriors. <laughs> where he's got to he's got to bop his way back uptown. Just bopping. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um. So let's uh, let's let's talk a little bit about. I mean, people, you guys have seen this movie. It's it's the holidays. It's probably on in the background right now while you're listening to us. Dude, great synth score. Oh man, I love it. Everything about this movie, uh, from from the musical standpoint, made me laugh. Yeah, I love, and I love, despite the, the complete lack of uh, diversity. Yeah, there's it's a lot of white diversity. But it's got a pretty hip hoppy score for not. It's got, it's got some record scratching for how for how white it is. Yeah, it's there's like the of... uh, the Sugar Ray of, of soundtracks. Like they say, they have a <laughs> DJ, but all you hear him do is like scratch once or twice, and that makes it a hip hop. Uh, yeah, so I'm collaboration. I, I could listen to this soundtrack. Just mm-hmm. walking around the city streets. I uh, like that uh, he says, I'm having a bad day. It was just one of the samples. You're, <laughs> oh, no, you're messing with the wrong guy. I think that was it. That's cut into the, that, scra- that record-scratching thing, which is great. Um, so we, we're not going to play-by-play play you this film. No, but I will. Oh, how about Steve? Oh, here's another area where Steve Martin comes off as a total jackass is when he's on the airplane. And uh, he gets on, and he's like, but I asked for a first-class seat. And yeah, of course you did, but you know, weather conditions created a huge uh, issue for yeah. everybody traveling to O'Hare Airport. Maybe you're not going to get your first class seat, but yeah. and and they offered to give them a refund, which is the best you can do, right? You know, but uh, but just seeing him like pitch a fit right up top made me. I mean, they you know the whole the they wanted to make him unlikable or just stick up his ass. Yeah. And like in the more research I did about this movie, it's everyone's uh, description of his character is that. <laughs> so he does it. So he does a great job being a prick. He does. He actually, I mean, Steve Martin's great at that. And uh, and and uh, you know, the counterpoint to that is John Candy's character, who yep. is uh, pretty pretty likable. He's a nice. Guy. He's a good-natured human being. He's a you know an affable man. But I mean, he's got his uh, idiosyncrasies that suck. Well, there are things about him that were a little a little creepy. Like I first off, I the find mustache. Tr- yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Who wears Who wears a stash like that? Uh, sex offenders. You're right. Yes. It's people that have to knock on your door when they move into a new neighborhood. Right. And report themselves. Yep. Also, uh, he carries that big trunk with him. Everywhere he goes, mm-hmm. that's kind of a weird. Yeah, there's a little theory by a friend of mine, uh, who uh, Alex Sean, who's a, a host of the Ridiculous People podcast. Uh, she believes that his dead wife is in that trunk, and uh, I that's... don't, I don't disagree <laughs> with that. I never, I've seen this movie fifty times, and I'd never thought about that once. I, I hadn't thought about that till right now, but yes, and like a mummified version of it, because you don't want it to get to, to emanate an odor. Yeah, just in her wedding dress. <laughs> Like uh, like this the scene from the VHS case in Creep Show, just like a skeleton in a wedding dress, just. <gasps> so good job, Alex. Not creepy at all. Yeah. For your mind to go there. But then also someone that is so sort of superficially charismatic and um, uh, easy to talk to on the top, a traveling salesman, could be a sociopath. 
you know what's the what's the depth to his character you know this 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 is a character that could have been played darker i mean at the end of the day it was yeah it's a uh, as it it's as dark as a holiday movie could have been because he he's like i haven't been home in years and he has these weird little moments where he you just see him sort of out <laughs> like the most sociopathic ways like Oh, I got it's going to be so good at home. I was like, yeah, man, I, I haven't been home in years. And the camera focuses in. He just looks so. Yeah. Different. So uh, well, the spoiler for this because you've seen this movie already, and it's, we all not, know, yeah. is that uh, John Candy's wife died eight years ago, and um, he doesn't have a home to go back to because he has no family. And oh, what? How sad! How sad that on Thanksgiving you don't have anybody to go back to. Um, but uh, it's a slow burn throughout the movie because we don't know. I mean, you can pick up the hints that he doesn't have a family, but it's only within the last 10 minutes that Steve Martin's character uh, realizes that uh, John doesn't have anywhere to go for the holidays and invites him to come and spend Thanksgiving with him, which is super weird uh, for Steve Martin's family, um, I think, uh, and kind of hilarious that... <laughs> You know, you've got to introduce, hey, by the way, this is a man who none of us have ever met before. Um, none of you have, and he's going to spend Thanksgiving with us. I've known him for 37 hours. Yes. They had an intense bonding experience. But uh, to get back to this, like, John Candy's character is both hilarious in this movie, and he's an endearing character, but there is this underlying darkness. Sadness. And you could, and this, this movie could have been played as... Uh, a suspense thriller tonally single white male yeah because he's almost like the talented mr ripley or something like a <laughs> like a character with no home and no core identity anymore but just a big fat med midwestern heart <laughs> yeah yeah the friendliness could have all been on the surface right with a zero inside but that's not the character that john hughes wanted to make john hughes made a character who who is sad and has a an empty life but is genuinely a good person. This is true. And uh, and Steve Martin learns to be a good person because of his time, his 36 hours with John Candy. It's true. So a couple of questions for you. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the audience. <laughs> um, do you prefer Indian Burns or uh, Noogies? I'm a big... Uh, I'm, I, I, noogies, Noogies. Yeah, Steve everyone noogies. does. Indian Burns hurt. Yeah. Like they actually physically hurt. Um, another question for you. Why? Why are you asking me that, though? Because I feel uh, like I'm, I missed that. Oh, that was that in the beginning. The kid was uh, getting noogies from his uncle, or he was getting Indian burns, and uh, his sister was getting noogies, and then he says, I'd prefer noogies. Joey Lawrence. That's right. That's right. Gotcha. Young Joey Lawrence. Uh, yeah. Um, Still out there. So here, here's the other thing. So this movie, to me, kind of shows... Not like a class battle, but it's like the bourgeoisie versus the proletariat, and and why the proletariat's so much better at getting around. Like, where the f how far would fucking you know Neil Page have made it without Del Griffith? That's Del's right. like every man relatability and his ability to chat and schmooze up and befriend people versus his pretentious jerk off. Just he wouldn't have made it anywhere. That's that's right. Well, it's funny because they work. The working man's better. They are. There are two components to um, product to selling products, right? Like advertising, 
your marketing specifically. Yeah, marketing is uh, you're like the guy, you're the head, you're the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then salesman, the foot soldier, salesman, he's got to be out there glad handing. He's basically how to win friends and influence people. Yeah, he's not sitting there looking at numbers and then figuring out how to manipulate more people out of their money. He's just, he's doing he's doing the grunt work. Yeah, so he's he, the Marines of sales. He's <laughs> first one in, last one out. Yeah, boots or, on the ground. Yeah, my been dead eight years. <laughs> yeah, hey, you got to sacrifice your wife to sell these uh, shower, shower curtain, curtain rings. rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's specifically suited to survive in this world on the road. Yeah. In a crisis like this. An almost politician-like uh, affability. Yeah. But it's oh, real. And He's I w- not scum <laughs> on the inside. I wonder uh, how much of his job has been uh, taken away by the internet. I was going to ask you, I mean, this movie in general, could this movie have been even possible given today's modern technology? There's no way, right? Well, I mean, I don't, how would it have gotten him out of the mess here? Uh... I mean, I feel like you're up to date with cancellations and delays a little bit more. Uh, via yeah. Email. So I've uh, I've had been you know when I get canceled, um, they usually just put you up in a hotel or next to the airport. Yeah. You know, so that's that's convenient. In in this situation, I, one I don't know why people travel on Christmas and Thanksgiving. When it's in the middle of winter and there's always going to be a storm somewhere. That's true. They're, every single year when you look at the news, you see like O'Hare Airport. Just there's a tenement city has been <laughs> set up there. Everything's know? white, whitewashed. You can't see shit. Yeah, it's just like the dumbest thing. So like, true. We should reschedule the holidays uh, to like... Like June 10th. Fit the natural yeah. rhythms of when people can actually fly without hurricanes and snowstorms. Thanksgiving should be like it's 85 degrees outside. I'm thankful that for its for the fact that it's beautiful out. <laughs> yeah, like let's all thankful want, that summer's coming. Let's all be shoving stuffing down our gullets wearing speedos. Yeah, the you know fat, what I mean? during the fattest time of the year. <laughs> yeah. Which let's is call the, it yeah. Thanksgiving and just have everybody rocking the skimpiest outfits because it's beautiful out. Logistically, we should change Thanksgiving's time. I That's right. I agree. When I become football, will not, I mean the NFL and Roger Goodell will never let that happen. Yes. Um, um, any any scenes that you really liked in this? All of them, Gabe. Every single one of them. Uh, well, my my favorite scenes are. Uh, I mean, I I love when Neil rips into Dell finally after being frustrated with him since the uh, he steals his cab in the beginning. Look, everything Neil says in this scene is an accurate. Oh, it's Complaint. a per- perfect breakdown of who Del Griffiths is. Yeah. Um, he's right in everything he says. He's absolutely right. Um, it sounds like that Dave Chappelle bit about uh, like his girlfriend, where he's like, tell a story with a beginning, a middle, and an end. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> he's like, it's just facts. Um, you have to understand. Yeah, so uh, John Candy's character is incapable of telling a story with a point. Yeah, he's like, here's a, here's a, here's a good idea. Try having a point. It makes it so much more interesting to the reader. He's like, yeah, at one point, did you not realize that I was reading the vomit bag in the middle of one of your stories? <laughs> uh, that was one of the cla- – I mean, there, there's such good one-liners and good, good, good comedy writing in this film that it's just worth it from that. If you're interested in comedy or have ever tried to write it, this is a good one. Yeah. Because, you know, 
this ill-fated journey is, is, is definitely just made better by, by the sense of comedic timing between these two, or obviously both comedians, and Steve Martin is probably one of the most famous stand-ups in the world. The first guy to really blow up stand-up comedy. The first like, guy to sell out stadiums. Right? The first was, rock right? star comedian. Yes, followed by Andrew Dice Clay. And played and, an instrument, did he not? And Dane Cook as the other two rock star comedians right. to sell out stadiums. Um, other favorite scene, uh, the entire car ride, uh, was great when, uh, they're, uh, they're driving. They're, they're kind of like one, one of the last legs. Yeah, that's uh, probably my, the highlight of the, the two highlights I have are him selling, uh, when John Candy is selling shower curtain rings and scamming people. And he's just, oh, that's a good like one. He's improving like, uh, so from the fourth, fourth century China, obviously remakes. Yeah. So good. Obviously not the originals is what he said. And that scene, and then and then the scene that you just brought up, uh, him them driving on the wrong side of the highway. That's a great one. I mean, that's a classic. Also, that whole uh, monologue about uh, <laughs> the fact that Neil plays with his nuts a lot. It's like you fiddle with your you fidget with your nuts a lot. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, I do not. He's like, you do more ball handling in an hour than Larry Bird does in one night, or Larry Bird doesn't do as much ball handling in one hour as, in, in one night as you do in one hour. What I wanted to see was a, was a little bit of foreshadowing for that because mm-hmm. uh, at no point was I watching Steve Martin's character fiddle with his balls. Yeah, never. And like if we had seen him fiddling with his balls uh, at like during the first scene where his boss is just staring at the uh, ad campaign silently, yeah, that would have been that would have had a, a great payoff later for me. You know, after the end credits, they cut back to the boss still looking at the pictures. <laughs> they did. It's great. That's, um, that's, that's a very funny callback. Uh, you do see him uh, get picked up by his testicles, which uh, John Candy then goes, you know, he has a high-pitched voice, goes, I've never seen him be picked up by his testicles. He's like, you're lucky that I, you're lucky the cop showed up or you would have been picking up your nuts to tie your shoes. <laughs> Dude, the spinoff I wanted to see in this movie was uh, the Doobie Taxiola cab. Oh, that guy. his own movie. That guy is such a, a, a character actor. He's in so many different films. He's got that, that weird face. That car felt like it could have been out of Wayne's World or uh, Big Top Pee Wee. Uh, yeah, the Big Top Pee Wee makes a lot of sense. That guy probably was in Pee Wee's play. He wasn't the guy that ripped off the uh, mattress tags. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, all I know is that I, I'd uh, I could watch this uh, Doobie Taxiola just put just sprinkle that cab into other movies, have it have it be a cameo, mm-hmm. where like link up all of these worlds with this cab. If very I made 80s, a movie today, I would I'd put this cab in that movie now. Very eighties cheesy vibe to that cab. Yes. Yeah. That also another another thing America was into in, in that year eighty seven. It just got back to me. Just came back to me. Uh, the height of waterbed sales. Twenty-two percent of all mattresses in the U.S. were waterbed mattresses at that time. Yeah. Have you ever slept on a waterbed mattress? Uh, my grandmother had one in her old house. Mm-hmm. They're terrible for her teenage children that were that grew up in the seventies and early eighties. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, yeah, the worst. Yep. Bad for your body. Bad for everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then Not I not imagine... comfortable at all. And and they have that weird sort of plastic. Uh, uh, texture. So, like, if your sheet slips off, you're sticking to the. Pla- it's gross. Yeah, most un unrestful way to sleep. And if you have one on the second or third or fourth floor of an apartment building and it leaks, oh yeah, then you're just you're just ruining all the ceilings and floors. My buddy had one. It, it drips on its way down. Busted open in the middle of the night. We were all sleeping on it. 
there was like we're young. Yeah. Uh, Young and wild. And it was awful. And wearing uh, leather jackets with spikes on yeah, them. Yeah, just not sober. I think a dart got into it, actually, somehow. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> so you sprung all, a leak. You all woke up uh, in a hard wooden box, wet. Basically. Me and my buddy were splitting the bed, and then our other friend was on the floor. <laughs> uh, he got the brunt of it. Well, we woke him up to clean in not the most friendly way. You made him clean it. We all The one on it. the floor? Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah. So that, you know, different, uh, di- diff- it's just different times. Uh, so any, any lines that stick out to you specifically? I'm I mean, thinking about it. Uh, the most famous one was the, you know, scene was him and Edie McClure. Oh my the, God. The car rental. She's great in this. My mom was uh, laughing so hard she almost passed out at that scene. That's, you know, you never want to reveal. The lesson I took away from that, though, is don't ever reveal how angry you are until you absolutely know that you're not going to need the person that you're attacking. Well, at this point, I think he just hit his saturation point overall. And I get that he was pissed off. Yes, it's definitely not the way to treat customer service people. I have nothing but uh, disdain for people that treat people in that uh world that way yeah but i mean <laughs> he is not too pleased that scene is incredible so just break so it good. down i mean he you know i'm not gonna quote every line but he basically just goes on an expletive laced tirade against his customer service lady for his rental car wasn't there yeah and he's like i want my fucking car you can start by wiping that rosy red smile off your rosy red fucking cheeks and then she's just staring at him this is a holiday, so everyone's supposed to be nice to each other or whatever that fucking horseshit line is. Uh, <laughs> uh, you should be nice all the time, not just during the holidays, people. That's that's the lesson you should take. Um, anyway, he goes off on this woman who's, you know, just, just a phone answering uh, desk clerk at a rental company at the airport. He should. He's rightfully angry. I mean, Justifiably angry, but not to the extent that he berates her. Uh, Fuck, fuck, I, fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah, I think that I think the point is is that it's never the customer service person's fault. <sighs> and then her response, he's like, so you can give me my fucking car right fucking now. After, again, ten more lines of him cursing at her before that. Uh, and then she's like, well, I just need to see your receipt. And she's not happy, obviously. And he goes, I don't have it. And she goes, oh, boy. Oh, boy, what? She's like, <laughs> you're fucked. That's it. Yeah, And it he great. was. He was it, fucked. This movie, also the first time I ever heard the, the, the term, uh, take a picture, it'll last longer, with those street, street tufts on the bus making out. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> those, those white street tufts. Yeah, that's, that's what street tufts mean. With, uh, and that guy had, like, that little Chico mustache. Right, and his fucking, like, off, off blue streak in his hair. Yeah. That means you're a badass, or you're a bad guy in a fucking Charlie Bronson movie. Well, uh, what did I like? I liked uh, when he when he said, uh, "I like me." Was was John Candy? Yeah. When he's this little defending himself, I like me. My customers like me. My wife likes me. I'm the real article. What you see is what you get. And if you're you're gonna fight with me, uh, when you when you travel with oh wait, so yeah, that's it. What you see is what you get. Yeah. And then uh, it just made me feel like, yeah, it's he's a there's an admirable article? quality to him. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, if you if you're your be yourself, because if you're yourself, then you're never upset with uh, with having compromised. You've never compromised anything, and the people that really like you really like you. Exactly. And the people that don't like you, you know, well, they weren't gonna like you anyway. 
And, they, and then if they do, they like they're not you. So what's the point? And then you gotta work extra hard to keep the lie up. <laughs> and then you're you're doing the, you're talented, Mr. Ripley again, and you end up having to kill somebody on a boat, or just lug your wife around in a trunk. <laughs> um, so be yourself all the time. That's one of the lessons. Yeah, that's that might be the most important lesson this movie offered. Yes. Another good lesson: maybe don't invite strangers into your home for Thanksgiving. You'd never know. <laughs> I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest. It was a nice gesture. I get it. Yeah, but 36 hours of uh, forced intimacy does not necessarily mean that this is somebody you can trust, you know, around your turkey. I mean, Andrew and your, and your wife worked for Gianni Versace for how many years? Right. Uh, he lived at his house. Did he? I don't know. I think he's actually on a houseboat or some shit. Yeah. Anyway. We don't, we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> I don't know why the fuck I said that. Um, have you been on a long road trip and befriended anybody? No. Other than the person I was on the road trip with? Yeah. I mean, I've met people traveling, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Never uh, in a catastrophic uh, traverse of the, the nation's Midwest. I feel like you can you can learn to be friends with anybody when you're stuck in a situation with them. You guys are partners watching each other's back. Right. And uh, and you're always going to have fights with a stranger because because when you meet a stranger, it's about uh, negotiating your boundaries. That's so funny. Because I, I agree with that. But I tend to fight more with my friends in, the, in these situations than I would with strangers because I feel like you have to, there's some sort of sense of di- diplomacy you need to take with strangers when it's your friends pe- people that i care about disappoint me more than people that i don't huh. like i feel like you let me down more if i care about you <laughs> and if, and like I, you do something i don't like like that's that stings and it, and i'll i'll take it out on you interesting yeah i found so that's the kind of person i am i had to go if i care about you and you disappoint me it's way worse than if i don't know you yeah yeah i expect more I went on a long road trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like a month long, and I didn't know the person that I was g- getting in the car with very right. well at all. And uh, we we decided to go on this road trip for a month. And the tool that we used that really helped out was uh, just this: when I when you do this, it makes me feel like this. So it's like marriage language. counseling or uh, couples counseling, a hundred percent. And I'll tell you what: by the end of uh, just like two or three conversations like that, made everything so much better. Sure. Because I we... appreciate that you did this for me. <laughs> yeah. But my truth is, <laughs> I did not love it when you did this. You made me feel less than. Yeah. Between these <laughs> hours of the day, right? Uh, I'm going to be on team shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to join that team? Because if you're not on that team, it's going to make me feel very upset and cranky. And yes. Let's avoid that. You can listen to Marilyn Manson all you want for the next three hours I, I love after hearing I it. have my coffee. Yeah, I love hearing it even though your headphones are on and I can hear it through your headphones. <laughs> that is not irritating at all. Yeah. That makes me feel compromised. My ear's compromised. When you eat those tins of sardines in the car, <laughs> it really creates an mm-hmm. environment that uh, adds to my anxiety. I feel like you didn't consider me when you picked Ed's egg salad as the car travel meal. <laughs> Knowing that those that, that bean salad would make you gassy <laughs> makes me wonder why you decided to eat it when you knew that we had to drive 15 hours 
with these windows rolled up. We, we can do it's this too cold out. We can do this all day, folks. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's let's uh, let's put a, put a nice uh, Thanksgiving style bow on this one. I I, I mean, <clears throat> it's it's a it's a it's a good holiday film. Hey, look! If you I'm like, not making fun of this movie at all. If you like Steve Martin and John Candy, uh, and I've actually gone back after watching this to watch some old SCTV episodes with John Candy in them. Um, it's a great film, and this reminded me of why John Candy was uh, was one of the top billing um, comedic movie stars of the '80s. He was really good in this. Yes. Yeah. And Steve Martin's physicality is always funny. Uh, this is this is just a great easy movie you can watch with any family member uh, at this point. Yeah, maybe little culture. little kids will get that one scene and it might be a little off putting. But if it's on TV as it usually is during the holidays, it's it's censored up enough, which t- takes away from the actual quality of that that scene. But it's definitely a, I mean it's 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 a it, there's a TV edit in there that'll that'll be good for everyone. Happy holidays, everybody! I think uh, just watch this over Thanksgiving. Enjoy yourselves. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, this has been another episode of Eat, Pray, Judge. Uh, hey, everybody. Make sure that you give us a uh, sub- uh, rate, review, and subscribe to us on all the uh, social media platforms and iTunes, especially iTunes. Also, we're going to set up a Patreon. And uh, if you feel like throwing us some shekels, Please do so because this is a labor of love, but uh, Sammy and I could always use a little bit of money to uh, to keep putting out these high-quality products for you. Right. Follow us, uh, Eat, Pray, Judge, on Instagram and on Twitter, Facebook, all yep. of that. Awesome. See ya. Peace. Peace.